awesome bunch of people. I mean, there were probably like 50 people who passed in and out of that band. Oh, wow. Lovers, friends, and Grooveaholics, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the newest edition of the Rochester Groovecast. In this episode, you will hear a conversation I had with Seth Fargolzia. He's in Seth Fargolzia and the 23 Sages. He's also in a band, Multibird, which is a sort of a smaller version of the Sages. And he was in a band, Doofus, for quite some time. Seth has been on the scene for just about as long as anyone, and he's doing great things. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you do, too. I hope you find it fun and valuable. Seth's music is super good, super fun. I really, really, really enjoyed talking to him. So... As always, check out the show notes. You'll find all the information you need to get started with Seth there, including his Patreon account. You'll find Rochester Groovecast's Patreon account there and all the information you need to move on after listening to the show. Without further ado, let's get started. Tons of fun, pick 
Picking up electronics, building my time machine I plugged it in and off I went It sent me exactly one second off into the future I declare it works, it works But nobody believed me, they were jerks, jerks I saw then that the trash was my only friend Again and again, the trash is right around the bend Garbage night, garbage night Supplied it out on the street If you decide To treasure hunt at night I won't mind There's plenty out here for our kind But please be advised Watch out for mean guys Not to mention bed bugs Cockroaches might eat your eyes Garbage night Garbage night So tell me about Garbage Night. Garbage Night. Everybody garbage knows night. about Garbage Night. Everybody. Yeah. What day of the week is Wednesday? Is Wednesday nights, yeah. Wednesday night. Here in Rochester, at least. Is is every place in Rochester Wednesday? Or is it like a Wednesday, Thursday I don't thing? Know. I've only seen it in the city on Wednesdays. Okay. But yeah, it's... we we go out hunting. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've, got, you've got a song about Garbage Night. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Garbage night, garbage night. When people put the things you need out on the curb for free. Garbage night, garbage what, night. What what kind of what kind of things have you um, miracled from the street on garbage night? Hmm. Couches. Try I, to... I, I try to avoid cloth. Yeah. Yeah, because I've had a, a roommate in the past who picked up a mattress and bugs. It ended up being six months of everything in bags and. Mm-hmm. Tons of cleaning and really itchy bites, so I stick I steer clear of the cloth mostly, mm-hmm. unless it's like a really sweet chair. Got a bunch of chairs. Definitely a lot of chairs. Chairs. Lamps. I found some awesome lamps in the garbage. Uh, antique stuff. I up right up here, right up the block, actually. Uh, they were clearing out this house for months, oh. always pulling stuff, I think, first from the attic. And it was just like all this really cool, unique 
old stuff. I wish I'd gotten there 15 minutes earlier because somebody had gotten all these video or not video games, board games. Oh wow! That were like 50 years Did old. They were just getting a rid whole of stack of them. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, yeah, lots of lots of cool stuff at that that pile. That's one of my favorite pile memories. I used to in New York. I used to collect stuff because it's just out all over the place all the time. There's just stuff, and so uh, friends and I would go. We'd find a bike that was chained to a pole. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, these bike skeletons that just get stuck there. Nobody cleans them up because they're not bothering anybody. So it's just a frame. Um, so we would like go around. We'd split up. Like say it was like four people. We would all go four different directions. And then meet back at that at that bike skeleton, and then just add everything that we found to it and make a, a cool sculpture out of that. We did that two or three times. I might have some old photos somewhere I could pull up. <laughs> but yeah, and then and I, so I would do a lot of that. I made a lot of junk sculpture in New York, and I, I just put it out on the street oh. after I made it. Cool, cool. Or, you do find those old photographs. Love to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I should <laughs> dig them out. They're pretty nice. I'm with Seth Fergals, yeah? Well I'm said. I'm well pronouncing said, it, right? Yeah. Fair. It's not, sure, yeah. It's Fergalsia. Uh, people say it different. I kind of say Fargolsia. Fargolsia. And so you're part of a couple projects. What, do you, what are you working on right now musically? Uh, the... I guess we're about to go into the studio mm-hmm. on uh, this weekend for um, multi bird. Well, it's for... it's a it's a it's a multi bird of a session actually. So multi bird, uh, that that means like killing two birds with one stone. So we're going into the studio with just multi bird. Um, I'm going to be doing all that because all of those guys are in Twenty Three Sages, the the rhythm section of Twenty Three Sages, basically. So we're going to do all the Sages stuff, all the multi-bird stuff we can do in three days. Just record all that, and then we're going to go back into the studio and, and do the horns overdubbed. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I prefer a live recording, but mm-hmm. I don't know. For it, it just makes things a lot easier when you're mixing something, if you have everybody separated. And the studio is not quite big enough to fit all nine of us and have every person separated separated. so i think it'll work better that way and then we can get all the multi-bird stuff done we don't have to do it in any specific order um so we can kind of go by the inspiration and uh yeah so that'll be i think the completion of the 23 sages album which has been in the works for like two years now wow and uh one step closer to completing a multi-bird album as well (laughs) Uh, so some of the stuff we're recording is this. What I've been working on mainly right now uh, is I'm, I'm actually writing out sheet music, uh, which is funny because I said I mm-hmm. prefer to keep everything obscure and like yeah. Uh, I, I just uh, you know I kind of grew up in a classical background. My dad's a, a orchestra conductor, and so he. You know, like I played in his orchestra, it was like high school orchestra. Um, wow, what did you play? Uh, upright bass. I got off track. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> oh, the sheet music thing. So I feel like yeah. I'm kind of going back to my roots 
uh, by getting into writing some sheets for people. We've got horns in our band. Everybody reads. So I'm like, wait, I could make the horn parts more complex and, mm-hmm. and more exact. And so we've been trying that with some of the songs with Sages, and it's worked. And I'm like, well, maybe I should just write. Maybe I should just write specifically. I'll turn this ringer off, actually. Specifically uh, for all the instruments. And I've been wanting to make instrumental music for years, and I mm-hmm. haven't written any instrumental music. And actually, you know, Martin has been one of the people who's brought this on a little bit because he and I have been talking, and uh, he's like, you know... Martin is my roommate, and he is in the room. <laughs> just there, just finished it some food. There's, there's been kitchen sounds. There was cat sounds earlier. There's been one cell phone sound. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be... if uh, Elephant, let's... What, what's it? There's an elephant in the room, and I'm trying to squish him. You're going to hear weird sounds. It's because we're in a living room. And humans... I, I really need a studio. That would be a beautiful thing have a studio for your podcast some next level like (laughs) (laughs) what i'm really actually looking to do and it's sunny out today i'm actually really pumped i started this podcast in october and it's been winter you know i'm looking forward to recording shows outside um just nature sounds in the background Mm -hmm. you know just a little bit of a a cool aesthetic to that just recording my shows outside taking walks yeah um maybe some monologues as i take a walk I'm excited mm-hmm. for this springtime weather to use all the, you know if you don't have a studio for your podcast you might as well turn nature into your studio and that's that's the route i'm gonna go so if anyone's listening to this look for that <laughs> head to some of the local parks a podcast a podcast a park that should be the mission podcast a park good way to get outside yeah man for sure (laughs) also i was saying martin yes um, martin had been suggesting that we add more instrumentals to our music in a in a roundabout way we were i think we were talking about the local music scene and Mm -hmm. how people really dig hearing instrumental stuff and i realized through talking to him most of the stuff i wrote was vocally led, you know? And sure. Yeah, so it just made me want to think think more about uh, just the music and not think about lyrics. And I, I do that a bit with, like, just doing vocal sounds. But, um, yeah, just instrument instruments. So I've written, I think I've composed, like, five pieces for 23 Sages at this point. One is just, like, a... Instrumental pieces? Yeah, yeah. Oh. One we, we've gotten ready. It's called Glare of Lamp. We'll be playing that on Wednesday night. That's just straight instrumentals. It's kind of feels like minimalist in a way. There's mm-hmm. a lot of repetition and and uh, things changing one by one. Other things staying the same. It's been nice doing that one. And then I wrote one on inauguration day, which we don't have to talk about here today. I don't really feel like getting into that. But No, it's interesting. It's an instrumental, so... It ended um, up being instrumental at the start, and then at the end, okay. there's just, like, a, a choir that everybody sings together. So okay, wow. Like, yeah, like, 
four part harmony sort of thing. Yeah. Second phone sound. Now I'm buzzing. I usually I'm usually very good about it. I'll have my phone off, but not today, huh? Here I'm just gonna throw it. You gotta keep the phone off me. <laughs> couch might have been better. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going for the couch. Oh were you? <laughs> yeah. Part of me thought I'd hit that table there. Um, you mentioned you're gonna be playing it on Wednesday. I guess we should talk about what you mean by that. You guys have a residency at Flower City Station for March, right? Yeah, yeah. Twenty three Wednesdays. Twenty three Wednesdays. Yeah. Um. Is there twenty? There's four of them, right? There's four of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just clear that up, because yeah. remember that'd be like what, six months, five months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. We're we're doing a uh, four nights at Flower City. Uh, lots of cool local artists joining us as well. Mm-hmm. Excited about that. Um, yeah, I've done residencies before. We did one at Skylark for a while. Mm-hmm. On, a, on Thursdays that was nice it got to be like a good regular thing everybody in the band you know kind of performing is different than you know rehearsing you can stop and go and stop and go in rehearsal when you perform you're just playing it straight through and um, like I find when I'm, when I'm on tour I, I just start playing the songs way better if I like sat at home and practiced them every day three times a day I wouldn't play as well as if I'm on tour for like three weeks like that's when it gets you think it's just the repetition or what's making you play better you just have to like play it right Mm -hmm. or you don't play it right so you're in front of people all the time and yeah it's kind of like you you have to do it right and I I don't know I I guess you get more confident in front of people too okay and that just I think I think confidence helps a lot with playing music, just self-confidence. Something I lack often in performance. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine with all that practice and repetition and being on tour, I'm sure you gain that confidence as you go. Um, Have a great show last night. You're playing another one tonight. And you've got you're still a little high from that show you just had, and you're ready to bring it again. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, but I, you know what? I've had I had this one period, uh, um, little stretch on a tour. Usually, like right around the, th- the third week, it's just everything is just like easy. It becomes easy, and like the songs kind of crystallize and become mm. like immovable. You're, you're just sort of like on your on your game, sort of, and. Um, in London and this woman just started shouting at me she hated me she was the the bartender at this place and the bar was like you know 15 feet away from me and she she called me a a fucking wanker and uh, I can't I I can't remember and it was the weirdest thing because it was like right when everything started feeling good and the audience it was like a really low key kind of like DIY show where you know, like people were like sitting right in front of me, and I'm like cool. make, making some jokes, and and it just felt really warm, and they were all 
friendly. Were you with your band or that was a solo tour? Solo. Yeah, and this lady just freaked the fuck out on me, and I couldn't recover. My show just went like I couldn't I couldn't play. Like they got her to stop yelling at me, <laughs> but she was still there, like working. And I'm like, nothing had been addressed. Like people in the audience were like, "What are you talking about?" shut up and stuff you know like yelling back at her telling and i was just like i i I was speechless i tried to play another song and oh so hard hardest show and from that point on the tour i started thinking like i was just like well like i you know when somebody says something to you and it really hits you and you you like want to change and you kind of change Mm -hmm. who you are because of this person saying something strong to you that's how it felt for me like uh, I think she like called me basically she was saying I don't remember the words she used but she said that I was really high on myself like uh, and that I was like maybe conceited or something like that I I can't think of the words she used but I, I then became like uh, I became more humble from that and and just quiet and un- unto myself and not like jockish at all. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I guess on tour, some people get a little jockish as well. Um, kind of being up in front of people, everyone's like, "Yeah," you know. To every night you, you got get that, that and, strut, you got that swagger. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't think I was, I don't, I don't think I've ever been like extreme mm-hmm. in that, but this woman just saw something in me, you know, and, and they said it was very unusual that she did that. Really? I was only like three songs into my set, <laughs> four songs, you know, like not far into the set, but it really had a, a you know, like when someone throws crap at you, it gets turned into gold, like mm-hmm. we just were talking about. Uh, I felt like I I used it as a, a way of reforming myself into a better person. No, it's or, amazing. It's, you know, who knows why exactly she said what she said. Maybe she was just having a bad day. Maybe this or that. There could be something, you know, going on with her that caused her to have this outburst. Yeah. And... Very likely you didn't deserve, I mean, I wasn't there, but I'm pretty damn confident you didn't deserve what she put on you. Right. But I guess the real takeaway for me is it struck a chord somewhere in you that there, we all have these little weaknesses and you saw that maybe a part of what she said was kind of right Right. and you're not going to be that person. You're going to be better than how she sees you. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like, I think that's a great, great takeaway. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> was there any Was there any actual closure with her? Did you talk to her after the performance? Did no, no, it was weird. It was just everything moves nothing, on. Nothing came <laughs> of it. She wouldn't talk to me. No. And and people tried talking to her. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't say a word about it. Oh wow. She was just pissed off I don't know maybe I reminded her of her next or something like that it's always possible <laughs> I don't think so though she was really like oh what do you call it when people uh, I can't think of it 
like steampunk sort of mm-hmm. really really tightly you know groomed like perfectly groomed hair okay um, like very smart smartly dressed I was a little sloppy myself yeah. and furry a little much for <laughs> maybe we've got long hair and a beard yeah I don't know there were other people in the band before me mm-hmm. that were scruffy and those guys were you know kind of playing similar you know like we weren't like a, a far stretch from each other as far as mm-hmm. the music we were playing I don't know Just I'm visualizing it, getting an image. How long ago was this? You were oh, that was a while ago. Touring solo, solo, yeah. So probably I don't know, six years ago. Well, something like that. Did you? When did the? Did you start the Sages? I'd say oh, it was when I ended Doofus, mm-hmm. and so that was. Six or seven years ago, something like that. Wow. Could ask our tuba player. I think he's written down everything. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he's been in with, with. Was he in Doofus also? No. So he started with you and the Sages. Yeah, but he was a fan of Doofus. Okay. Before I moved to Rochester, he saw us play in Ithaca, like mm-hmm. probably ten years ago. And I don't know. I, th- I guess he was like a friend on Facebook or something, and I just did a little. You know, when I first started the band, calling all mm-hmm. sages, <laughs> who wants to join a band? You know. Cool. And it just yeah. So why did why did you break off, Doofus? Uh, the I started that band at Purchase College. Okay. Which was down near New York, mm-hmm. and then I moved to New York and lived there. Little did we know there'd be helicopter sounds. Yeah, I guarantee you. Yeah, there. It's. I think it'll probably pick up. I think that's a new one for the podcast, Helicopter Sounds. <laughs> I want to start sampling some of these sounds and using them. Just have, you know, instead of white noise for bedtime, helicopter sounds <laughs> for bed. Soon enough. <laughs> Soon enough, man. Uh, Cat scratching, helicopter sounds. Yeah, cat scratch might be better. So did did you move to Rochester then after you were in Purchase then? No, I moved to New York from Purchase. Oh, okay. And and uh, Doofus had a good a good stretch. It was a thirteen year project. And, wow. Um, I moved to Ithaca from New York. Mm-hmm. And it was still hard to keep the band going, but it was only you know a four hour drive from there. When I moved to Rochester, it was just too much and I also had a, a newborn kid or well, I guess she was a baby at the time when I wow. ended the band and yeah it's actually almost the 20 year uh, anniversary of the first show so I thought about maybe doing a little reunion tour or something like that this year I'm not sure I have a feeling it's probably not going to happen but maybe we'll do a reunion show or two mm-hmm. maybe we'll, I'll try to bring the band up to Rochester because you should do at least a one night only that would uh, you're pretty much on good terms you could could you get the band all back together oh yeah yeah awesome yeah awesome bunch of people I mean there were probably like 
50 people who passed in and out of that band. Oh, wow. It was kind of like the 23 Sages started. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of an open door policy. Um, so we'd have, on our, well, on our final show, we had 30 people. Um, doing now, two oh. full sets of like an hour and a half. Like, mm-hmm. it was cool that, you know, that, that was the way we ended. We ended big and sold it, you know, like sold out show. Two full sets, thirty person band, and, and then we even set off the alarm. The fire alarms went off because of the heat or something. Really? And, and we went out to the street. The where f- was where was this? This is in New York. It's this oh, place okay. called Cake Shop in the Lower East Side. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we went out to the street, and the fire department came, and I have this song called Fire. Fireman, I was the fireman. Uh, water drips down. Water drips down. Fire will spread, it will burn. So the you know the fire department's coming in and we're like singing the song. You can find that on YouTube actually. It's huh. kind of a funny video to to see us singing this fireman song. Wow, wow. So thirty were thirty people playing simultaneously or thirty like musicians? Simultaneously, yeah. We had a big choir, probably like ten people just singing, and then uh, people around there. Like so, we had like condenser mics for mm-hmm. the choir so they're all on one side nowhere near all the monitors and stuff because the condensers will like feed back quite a bit um yeah and we had like a whole bunch of like you know smaller like ukuleles banjo and mm-hmm. stuff like that who people who weren't like in the band for years but knew learned the whole Could two play sets the chords mm-hmm. and- so they're all there and then like the more you know whatever finesse based instruments or like the people who had gotten into the who had been in the, the band for group. yeah the core group basically yeah were like kind of around me uh, Adam Green from the Moldy Peaches sang with us Regina Spector sang with us on that show uh, I'm trying to think Regina Spector mm-hmm. like the Regina Spector yep yep oh wow yeah you can see that YouTube too. <laughs> uh, I've I've got like video footage that I got like we had like three or four cameras on it, mm-hmm. and um, this person I know, who like I didn't know at the time, wanted to do a documentary and followed us around for the whole like week, getting all the rehearsals done and mm-hmm. uh, did interviews with everybody. Uh, this, I, I I just don't have I need a what are those like you know like those little flash drive. No, a tape, like a, a tape transfer thing oh, like the... for DV tapes. Okay. I just haven't gotten to do it. He, or, um, she gave me, like, most of the tapes. Wow. Unfortunately, I didn't get all of them. So the documentary n- wasn't completed. It, never, it, it but, never got completed. But all it, the footage is the still footage there. Is mostly with me, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it is out and... in Michigan. Okay. <laughs> I believe Michigan. Is that where Milwaukee is? Oh, God. <laughs> I think it's Milwaukee, Michigan. I could be wrong. Just about everybody listening right now is scratching their head. <laughs> Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Ah, I knew I was wrong. No, I didn't know I was wrong. That's why I checked. If I had enough... <laughs> thrown my phone I could have <laughs> <laughs> we worked it out we worked it out 
Yep. So, yeah, maybe eventually that documentary will be coming out. Mm-hmm. I just got to find a transfer. It's probably not too hard. No, no. I could probably just post on Facebook and someone would be like, yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> but, start, um, I mean, just a suggestion comes right to mind is start like a Kickstarter or something. Or try to find a way to to complete this, you know. It's... I can imagine a lot of time and effort, but yeah. wow. That's a good idea. A Kickstarter to do the Doofus documentary. Mm-hmm. Put together. I don't have a ton of footage from early years, unfortunately. No. I've got audio and photos. Would Would you do just, like, complete the Doofus documentary? or I mean, you could bring it all the way into the now. You could have Doof. I mean, we're talking, like, 20 years of... Yeah of experience where you could bring it to the now and do like a sages documentary um it'd be interesting to just do a continual documentary mm-hmm. like uh, yeah start i mean I, I guess maybe it'd be best to start at present and yeah. go back and go backwards and but then like continually uh update it as things happened you know (laughs) i've been this is something i've been thinking about all the time i know i'm digressing but so let's say you write a lot down and you've performed a lot there's all this video um of certain places in time that you're in and there's your facebook profile and the things you've liked and the family well once you grow old pass away you can leave all this and maybe by the time probably not probably is going to take more than 50 years for them to get there but they could replicate you (laughs) they could make an artificial intelligence and recreate you right they have enough information on us that they could really so hey (laughs) if you want to if you want to stand the test of time the thing is though that would be like a very performy version of yourself it would be because people are always you know like you don't like make a very plain face in a selfie absolutely you don't think about the face that you're making as you're just like here in conversation Mm -hmm. that's just happening and so you know what i mean like i do you would lose a bit of it like you my for me the key is you'd have to keep like a diary you'd have to have something very transparent that they could use yeah um so they weren't just recreating how you look but actually being able to recreate the personality yeah. inside you. Yeah, there'd also have to be like footage of you, like candid footage that you didn't know mm. about. Yeah, yeah. You know, filming you while you were in conversation or mm-hmm. as you sat in front of a TV for three hours <laughs> or something like that. Your posture as you sit yeah. and watch TV. <laughs> how many how many pieces of popcorn you eat per minute? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe it would end up being a better version of yourself because it'd be like the edit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I can pee. Stressed.
What was that track the the listeners just listened to there? High Diver, was it? Yeah, High Diver. That's that's my newest album. Um, put out on a label in England called Blang. Blang. Um, Blang. They're in London. And that's your soul from your, your, it's your from solo my, work. Yeah, it's from my 100-song project, which is solo work and it includes every other project, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... That song was recorded, I think, pretty much solo. I did like a, I did this thing called three song song, where I would uh, make a background on the computer okay. and make a song with that background, and then I would take a break. I'd come back and just go to the background and make a completely different song 
over just that background. I did it three times. It was a, a means of like getting a few songs done in one day for the hundred song project. Sure. <laughs> um, but th- those things turned out amazing. Like, so the computer background is it something where the background changes on its own? No, it's just a repetitive background. Okay. Like uh, three chords over okay. and over again with like a drum beat. I misunderstood. Or... I was imagining like a wallpaper. And as the wallpaper, maybe you could try this, as the wallpaper changes on its own, you write a song based on the wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I misunderstood, but that yeah. would be a fun That's a little more too. obscure than I even get, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, what is this 100-song project? Uh. I yeah I was just on tour with Jeffrey Lewis. Have you heard him before? It rings a bell, but just check him out. Jeffrey Lewis. He's on Rough Trade in in England, um, but he's a, huh. one of my buddies from New York and college. Um, great great songwriter. Writes mm-hmm. like amazing lyrics and makes comic books and does like comics comic songs where he sings and does like a a comic storytelling with with the song lyrics or he does like even historical comic songs it's it's really cool wow uh i don't even know what he calls those Uh, he calls them low budget movies (laughs) actually anyway he and i were on tour we were talking about doing songwriting um exercises to kind of get the get the motor going and he's great songwriter and I had done a daily songwriting project years ago after a teacher suggested it because it was the only time in my life that I've been blocked. I had like writer's block and I, I was just, I think I was overthinking things. He was just like, you got to write something from start to finish. Have, have, it be a, have a start, a middle, and a finish. Doesn't matter if it's good. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if it's long. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be 30 seconds long. You just have to write something that you know begins and finishes. And uh, you do that every day, stuff just starts really flowing. And so I, I hadn't done much songwriting in the past couple of years leading into that tour with Jeff. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll give myself a, a goal. Mm-hmm. And so I said I would write 100 songs by the end of the year. And that was at the beginning of September. And I did it. I done did it. Wow. Uh, and you know, by all different means, you know, I did mm-hmm. loop songs like with my loop pedal. I did acoustic guitar songs. I did bass songs like where I just played a bass line and sang. Uh, made a bunch of stuff on the computer. I wrote some mm-hmm. like barber sh- weird weird barbershop quartet sort of stuff that I haven't released yet. Okay. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing. Yeah, that. It'll, it'll come. <laughs> it'll probably be a more like choral, like a choir of people singing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all, all different methods of writing. And so the, uh, High Diver was part of one of those three song songs. And uh, the, the lyrics are by Laura Lee Jones, mm-hmm. my girlfriend, who just had the baby with. Um, so that, that makes it more special. And the cool thing about this song is that it's, uh, with the, it, there's a music video coming out for it this Wednesday. Awesome. Um, which I guess our show... Our, our residency is going to be a celebration of that as well. Um, that song is basically, you know, it's it's just a poetic telling of a single dive, 
like a high dive. And um, I got in touch with these people, uh, I don't know, probably a year or more ago uh, about a video that I enjoyed that they made. Mm-hmm. I can't think of their name right now. The, I think it's Def, D-H-E-F-F Productions. Uh, they make cool videos. And I, there was a band that came through Rochester a couple years back called Holy Sheboygan. They're really cool. I highly suggest checking them out. They just put out a new album, Holy Sheboygan. Um, and uh, Def did one of their uh, one of their music videos, and I just happened to be friends with Holy Sheboygan, and I wrote Def, just being like, "Hey, cool video. I liked it." Mm-hmm. And and um, I sent them some of my songs, including High Diver, and they're like, "Holy cow, this is so serendipitous. Your song High Diver." would work really well in this mini documentary we're doing about world famous high diving champion Dana Kunzi. <laughs> this guy Dana Kunzi is uh, I don't know he was like the Guinness book guy for a while. I don't know if he still is or not for high diving. Yeah. But he's been high diving for many many years and so they did like this little short documentary and then my song is included in the documentary. It's this oh, okay. kind of new way that they're trying to you know, reach the public and, you know, put content into a video. It's, you know, kind of like a, just a, I think, kind of cool uh, way that I've never seen things, like a little mini documentary with a music video included. Mm-hmm. So it gets, it gets like kind of trippy later on with like video or visual effects and it gets humorous as well. So it's like, I don't know. It's pretty short too. It's only like, Four minutes and twenty seconds. The the music video, yeah. And then how how long is the documentary? Is it a like that's the whole thing? That's the whole thing. Yeah, the, got that's it. The whole got thing. It. I, I thought it was going to be like a ten minute thing and have right. my song that's as the end or something like that. But no, they they actually like chopped up my song and did some like weird backup backward stuff with it. It's cool. I actually like what they did with it, which is I'm not really interested in hearing that yeah wow. yeah yeah it's gonna be it's coming out wednesday at like one o'clock we're gonna release it i think okay and so. i'll i'll put a link to that in the the show notes for this so cool you can check it out so as always all the basic information anyone needs to get a hold of you and check out your music and your projects will be in the show notes so they can take a look there um, is there anywhere specific that listeners should go to discover you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, there, there's uh, Fargolzia.com, which okay. is just my hub or whatever. And then um, I have a Patreon page. Uh, it's just patreon.com slash Seth Fargolzia. I'll put and a link to you'll that. put the spelling in the... Yeah, uh, the spelling. <laughs> there. Yeah. What, do you have rewards? What... What um yeah well I I I'm putting out so uh, with, with Patreon you can pay as low as one dollar a month mm-hmm. to be a subscriber and the way I'm doing it is all the all the I can't say all but most of the stuff that I put up you get for a dollar sure um, and 
you can pledge more if you want. Some people are, you know, pledge higher when they have a, a higher wage mm-hmm. <laughs> that they, they earn. And uh, that's cool, too. It, it, it all just basically is going back into the project. It's not, you know, fully paying for itself. Um, buying video equipment and all that stuff is mm-hmm. pretty costly. It is. Um, but I'm trying to put out three things a month minimum. Okay. And it's turning out I'm putting like five things up, but I'm o- I only charge for three. Like if people are subscribed at a per thing rate and they want to pay $1 per thing, they can do that. Or oh, so are you, are you doing a monthly rate at all or is it a per? You can, you can put a monthly cap. On okay. what you do. I, I thought that made more sense because if I'm not active, then I don't want people getting charged. Like if I go away on tour and I don't make any videos or, or audio for a month, I don't want them getting charged $5 or $10. Absolutely. Um, so, the, yeah, they pay per thing and they can put a minimum on it. That makes way more sense to me. Or, or a maximum, I mean. You can you can uh, say, I don't want to spend more than $5 this mm-hmm. any month. And you put that. I'm going to take a look at your page. See, uh, Rochester Groovecast has a Patreon, but I haven't got jumped deeply into it. I haven't offered any specific rewards, mm-hmm. but it's more just a, a monthly donation yeah. that goes to just the online hosting fees and little things like that. I think yeah. I have $7 right now, so nice. I'm working my way up. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like $15 a month for online hosting fees. Not No huge costs, but it would be nice to have everything fan-funded and free. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather do just the Patreon and not do Kickstarter or something like that. Cause, sure. But, it, you know, Patreon, it, it takes a lot for someone to subscribe to something. That's, that's a big commitment, I think. I think like, so, and rather than just a, a single donation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've I've subscribed to a couple people on Patreon, but I'm not going crazy with it myself, you know. Cause mm-hmm. It's hard to re- remember that you're you've got that money going into somebody else's somebody else's pocket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep saying or whatever. I think it's a, a weird a- nervousness thing talking into a microphone with you. Not because of you. You actually make me feel pretty comfortable talking. Oh, but I the nervousness of the microphone. I understand. There's there's been segments for my show that I've written and read, but for the most part, I just like to speak off the cuff, and I'll notice I um a little more. Or right. one thing I like to do is I like to say the word twice, like so so so, or that's three times. So so right. so Seth, how's it going today? <laughs> you know, yeah. What 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 what. <laughs> Gotcha. As you as you're trying to, I just did it. As yeah. you're as you're as you're trying to, you know, process what you're gonna say, you start <laughs> repeating yourself. So we all have our little yeah. quirks like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, uh, we'll wrap up. I'll play another song. Yeah, house show, um, right? House show, yeah. House show, yeah, yeah. Which I just finished a video for on the Patreon as well. Awesome. Yeah. So, so like the video for House Show, is that on YouTube or is that something you only get over Patreon? Yeah, it's up on YouTube. Like I, I have it up for free. Cool. Um, I actually cool thing about Patreon is you can take uh, you know, votes from your, from your followers. So I sent out a, a little survey, asking, would you rather I keep, all the, I would like to 
you know, release this material to the world. Um, but would you rather I keep it since you're paying to, to help me finish it? Do mm -hmm. you want, would you want me to, uh, keep it private for you for a, a, an extended period or just release it when it's out? And so the majority of people said, just make it free. We're, we're just here to support you, you know, which I think Absolutely. is awesome. Um, and some people said, yeah, you know, like give us some private things. So I do like I, I um, like those compositions I was talking about earlier mm -hmm. with the, the sheet music stuff. So with, with the program I'm using Sibelius, um, you can, it creates like a synthesized version of the, the, the stuff you write on mm -hmm. it. And it doesn't sound anywhere near like as good as it's going to sound with band, the real yeah. instruments, but, um, it's kind of a cool thing, I think. And, and for me, it's just great because I've composed on paper before. Mm -hmm. You can't hear it back until you actually have it played. So th True. this is really awesome. And I, so I said, I give them those and I even, I think I've just put up the sheet music in case people wanted to try to learn the parts or yeah. whatever themselves. <laughs> Join in one day. Yeah. You know, have another, have another 50 man band. Or 30. Yeah. 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 Very cool. It's awesome that you're taking fan feedback and you're really, you're really supporting those who support you. So that's always a great thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I feel really lucky uh, as, as, as an artist to be able to make my living this way mm -hmm. as as meager a living as it is, I, sure. I am, I've been surviving for 10 years with no other job. So, um, you know, there's no, there's no more thankful I could get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Seth. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This is house show. House show. House show. Yeah. And is this sages? Is this, a uh, solo? this is one of the hundred songs with the sages that are about to record their version -record of it. it. Yeah. All right, so it's house house show from Seth Fergolzia's 100 song project. Nice, awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. That I live Ooh, how 
Chicago, California, Wisconsin, Florida, New Orleans, Baltimore, Arizona, Boston, and Paris, Berlin, Philadelphia, Virginia, England, and Japan, playing in my living room, sitting on my couch, eating at my table, in a living fable, this is so cool, I'm at a house show, house show, so cool, this is so cool, I'm at a house show, house show, so Listener, you made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. I love you and have a beautiful, beautiful day.